a man develops bizarre conspiracy theories when an accordion player shows up in his neighborhood. And then we meet a homicide detective who's currently investigating a possible suicide. All evidence leads him to believe that this man did indeed kill himself. But it's the wicker lighthouse sitting on the mantle that makes him wonder if something darker happened. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Gardner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing out there in the world, having lots and lots of fun. We got a lot of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, first off, oozing in to Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone give all 10 hands up in the air for a creamy squid. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> you're like, why are we talking about 10 hands and oozing? Because it's a creamy squid. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. I do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Creamy, let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider and everyone else grab onto a tentacle. Jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command, Creamy, and glide us all the way out to an apartment complex. Found this story online. We don't have a specific location. But who knows? Maybe maybe it's your maybe it's your neighborhood. As I tell the story, you're like, oh yeah, that does sound kind of familiar. I also have been highly annoyed lately. But not just annoyed. This isn't just about an annoying accordion player. There's something darker might be at work here. This guy didn't give his real name. We're going to go ahead and call him Mike. And he said that last summer, this all started in summertime of 2022, something very bizarre has been happening in his neighborhood. And it's been going on up until, well, he posted this in January 2023. So it's been going on at least until then. He he may have already gone mad or uh, murdered this guy. We don't know. He could be in prison as I speak. But he said, listen. Last summer, about 20 feet from my front door, an accordion player shows up every morning and begins playing the accordion. And you're like, that's not, that's not particularly supernatural. And I would say the same thing as well. <laughs> Highly annoying? Yes. A little rude? Probably. Accordions, they're not the quietest instrument. It's not like someone showed up and was playing the triangle all day long. But I guess that would probably get annoying too if just for eight hours someone was going ding, 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 on the triangle. No matter what, if you don't want it, you don't want it. And he goes, listen, he, he actually says she's not there every day, but it seems like it. It seems like it because it's an accordion. Nobody likes accordion. Even other accordion players are like, why did I learn this instrument? Ugh. He uses the word, he describes this person in very physical terms, but he keeps calling this woman an apparition. He uses the word apparition a lot, but let's take a look. Is he correct? Is this some sort of phantasmal force? Or is it just a big old weirdo? Let's find out. A lady sits there and within 20 feet of his front door, he lives in this apartment complex, 20 feet 
away from his front door, she begins playing the accordion. And to, to make it, she wants to irritate everyone in the area. Her accordion is hooked up to a loudspeaker. So apparently they have that now. So some mad scientist was like, oh, how can I make this even more horrible? They, she brings over like a little loudspeaker. I don't think she's like holding a, a megaphone in front of it. She hooks it up to this loudspeaker and she plays when she's there. Again, She he goes, when the weather was good during summer, it was every single day. And she played from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Now, you could be like, Jason, listen, man, the accordion, it's a classic instrument. Classic a German instrument, right? Bavaria, something like that. It's been played for centuries. You can play beautiful music on the accordion. You might be able to, right? You might be able to play some dope tunes with the accordion. She played four. So even if you do, even if you are an accordion aficionado right now, you have a little monkey on your shoulder and he's like, punching his own hand you're like yeah we'll get him one of these days let's finish listening to this episode even if you do think accordion music is good this woman for 12 hours would play the same four songs so nobody nobody can put up with that right nobody can deal with that she played some of these make sense uh the godfather theme Actually, I think that's the X-Men theme. Um, That definitely is the X-Men theme. You know the Godfather theme. That's not it either. But anyway, she played the Godfather theme on her accordion. That was song one. Remember, four songs, four songs in total, 12 hours throughout the day, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. She'd play the Godfather theme. She played Hallelujah. Which I think is the 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 song from. It was the song from like the Watchmen trailer, right? Or Batman v Superman? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They used it in the Justice League trailer. That that song, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. She's playing that on the accordion. She's playing "My Heart Will Go On" right there. You're like, okay, okay, call the cops. <laughs> call the cops. I can handle those first two songs for twelve hours. So those are three of the songs. And the fourth song is an odd choice. Think about what we had. The Godfather theme. I'm pretty sure there's like an accordion in that. (laughs) And I'm also confusing it with the theme song for the X-Men cartoon. So who knows? The Godfather theme. Hallelujah. My heart will go on. And then Despacito was the fourth song. Which, listen, I could probably listen to that on accordion for 12 hours and be like, I don't know what the name of that fourth song is. I, I can't place it. I've probably heard the song Despacito like three times. And that's not an exaggeration. I've And I've only heard the Justin Bieber version. I could not even try uh, Despacito. I have no idea what that song sounds like. Uh, you could hook that up to my ear and I'm like, what? What is What song is this? Because my head explodes because, again, I don't want to be 20 feet away from an accordion let alone have it hooked up to my head. So Mike goes, listen, man, I am in my apartment. (laughs) This is so funny. I think this is so funny, but this guy kind of loses it. And this would make sense. He goes, no matter, when she's out there, and again, most of the time she is, and during the summer she's there every day, and it's 12 hours long, 
no matter where you go in Mike's apartment, you can clearly hear this music, which would make sense because it's only 20 feet outside your door. And apartments, while very affordable and very convenient, they're not known to be the quietest of places anyways. The walls, right? They always skimp on the walls. And you got someone out there playing Despacito. But here's the thing. She's out there. She has her little cup, right? She's taking donations. That's why she's doing like that is, well, as Mike would explain, the cover story of what she's doing. She's out there with her accordion. She's playing the Godfather theme. Someone's like, oh, I really love that cartoon. I heard they were making new ones. Flip her coin. She's getting money for these songs. She's out there. She's basically a panhandler, right? She's playing these songs. But Mike realized something. When she's playing these songs, she's playing My Heart Will Go On on her recording, and someone walks up and goes, oh, that's my favorite song, and gives this lady a dollar. The lady stops playing the music. Obviously, she has to take her hands off the accordion keys to get the dollar. But the music keeps playing. <laughs> so it's like hooked up to a tape recorder. Apparently, <laughs> she's not even playing this stuff originally. Mike says she pretends to play the accordion. And it's just a tape. It's a tape. That's why it's the same four songs. Because it's pre-recorded. Which to me would make it a hundred times worse because if it was her playing those four songs and she's doing it at random. So maybe she does Despacito twice, but you don't know what's going to come after Despacito. Maybe it'll be the Godfather. You only have three other choices, but there would be, it's like watching the DVD thing bounce around the screen, the DVD screensaver, like, because it's random, there's a chance like, I'm going to be sitting there with my buddies and be like, what do we bet on next? We bet on we bet on all of us blowing our brains out because <laughs> we don't want to hear any of it. But guys, 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 let's just forget that bet. I bet you five bucks that the next song, because you have, you would think you have a one in four shot, but it actually, because it's so random, would it be? Would it be? Because I, I guess it would be one in four, but who knows? You can make a party game out of it. But if it's pre-recorded, it's the same four songs in the same order for 12 hours. So as you're listening to Despacito, you're like, oh no, there's only 32 seconds left of the song. I know that because I've listened to this song every day for 12 hours for a month. I know there's only 32 seconds left of the song. Oh no. And then my heart will go on. We'll start on uh, that song is like five minutes and 44 seconds. You would know all of this stuff and there would be no stopping it. Just a pre-recorded on a loop. Well, it's funny that I say no stopping it. Because here's the question about this. How much of this is true in the sense that I do believe there is a woman playing the accordion outside his house? The question is, is Mike delusional? Is Mike actually hallucinating the crazier parts of this? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm wondering, because he says when she takes her hands off the accordion, the music still plays. Is he all there? I guess is my question that we don't know. Like, is he, he's referring to this flesh and blood woman that other people are interacting with. She sets her stuff up. She takes money. She packs up and leaves at the end of the night. He calls her an apparition. So 
I think it's a physical person doing a physical thing, but I think his paranoia is starting to get the best of him. She probably, when she takes her hands off the accordion, she takes the money. She does stop playing, but Mike is, his brain is so scrambled from hearing this for so long that in the absence of the music, he still hears the music. That'd be my guess, because he starts to have some crazy thoughts about this lady. He believes that this is psychological warfare. That she is not simply there to collect money for her talent, but she is there for a far more nefarious reason. He believes that this woman out there is up to no good. He says, you know, the music is so loud, you can hear it anywhere in his apartment, which is just so funny, right? No matter where he goes out in his apartment, he can hear it. It's so loud. But he doesn't understand why nobody is doing anything to stop it. And it's interesting, he doesn't specifically say, well, I walked out there and talked to her a couple times and told her to knock it off, it's too loud. He, as far as we can tell from this account, he hasn't done it either. He finds it all that nobody has. The apartment manager hasn't. Some of his more wily, excitable neighbors haven't walked out there. Hey, shut that racket off. Nothing. No one has ever complained about the music that's so loud. And it is an apartment complex, so everyone in his building would be hearing this stuff constantly. He can't figure out why nobody is doing anything about it. And it's interesting because, according to this account, he hasn't either. So he's almost like he sees this as some sort of anomaly. It is odd that someone can sit there and play the accordion for 12 hours and nobody complains. Not only nobody complain, people actively <laughs> giving her money. Maybe it's set up that only he can hear it all the time. People are coming from the other edge of the apartment complex. They're like, keep playing. Play Despacito twice as much this next hour. He thinks... That it's psychological warfare. He says that when this person shows up, they plug their accordion into the loudspeaker, all of a sudden the atmosphere feels so thick that you can hardly breathe. And I think that's why he's calling this woman an apparition. Because she has some sort of... She's basically affecting the environment (laughs) as if she was a cryptid. The air becomes so thick you can't breathe. It's interesting because he said people in the... When she is playing, he says people in the area are overcome with fear and anxiety. So it's... You wonder, so are other people in the apartment complex complaining about her but not to her directly? Because he's saying that other people are kind of freaking out. Or again, is he having some sort of weird breakdown? Well, him and his wife, to be exact, because she's also in on this act. He said, what we began to do is we began to keep a written document. We're tracking this. Whenever the accordion lady is outside playing, we track and monitor other people's behavior in the area. We're taking notes. We're watching how they react. And they're always amped up. They're always anxious, frightful. They seem to just want to get from one place to another as quick as possible. Eyes darting in every direction. They're... Not well. But when the according lady is not there, everything is at peace. The other people walking by seem happier. I'm definitely happier. The air is once again easy to breathe. 
We're documenting all of this to see if we can understand the phenomenon of the accordion apparition. It's super fascinating because the way I look at it is I believe that this is real. An accordion lady is really doing this. And some of it may be exaggerated. Maybe she doesn't play for 12 hours a day. It, it wouldn't surprise me if she did, if she's panhandling. But that could be true. The part of the air becoming suffocating and, and everyone in the area being super nervous and anxious, but nobody talks to her. No one goes up to her and tries to tell her to stop. Almost again, like some sort of supernatural force is keeping them from doing that. I believe these are exaggerations of a excited mind. When you look at this, so we called him Mike. The name he goes by online is Morningstar360. You look at some of his other posts and he posts in a he posts a lot on a subreddit called Vagabond which is basically uh travelers slash homeless people and he also has a couple posts about selling his plasma so I don't <laughs> I don't know I don't know He's, he's like, it's so weird. Every time after I sell my plasma, I come home and I have a hard time breathing and everyone around me is acting weird. I think he definitely has some lifestyle choices going on himself. But the, the reason why I wanted to cover this story was, one, I find it fascinating. It is It does seem like psychological warfare. It does seem like some sort of government plot to to artificially create a mass shooting. But at the same time, if it isn't, if this isn't some sort of government plot, if this isn't some sort of demon that's taking the form of this lady to drive people slowly mad, these are the beginnings of stories that we don't see when we're reading the news. And it's like, woman beaten to death with brick. You start reading the article, and it's like, a man came out of his apartment today and beat a woman to death with a brick. We don't know why. We have no idea why. That's that's the whole article. It's like three sentences. You're like, what? That's kind of weird. Did he get arrested? Is he still on the loose? Ah! Like, this could easily be the beginning of one of those stories. Or just a man goes nuts, slaughters homeless woman. You're like, huh? And you don't know why. You have no idea why. And it's because she was playing the accordion for 12 hours a day. And it's possible... That there is no according. Like, that's the other thing. This could just be a full-on hallucination going on. Because, yeah, parts of the story don't make sense. Like, why wouldn't other people be coming out there? It could be someone who plays the according for 30 minutes and leaves. It could just be nothing. It could, to be fair, it could be an according player for 12 hours, which, again, would be the funniest. <laughs> would be the funniest option but it's possible that this is all a hallucination and one of these days he's going to come running out of his apartment with a baseball bat and he's just going to splatter somebody at random and think they were the accordion player. It's possible, right? So basically the moral of the story is don't leave your house. Don't leave your house for the next couple of months if you live in an apartment complex, especially. We don't know where this took place, but you might be neighbors with this guy. If you ever... Wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, dude, why is that dude stomping around, stomping around the house? And you're like, what? He's, he's dancing, he's dancing those songs of infected his head. He's just dancing to the Godfather theme. And you're like, what? This is weird. It's super weird. 
And then he's like, I've, I've finally given in. I finally am just dancing to the tune of the accordion lady. And you're like looking around. You're like, what accordion lady? And he's dancing. He's like, the song's going to change. The song's going to change in 30 seconds. And then he's dancing to Despacito. And you're like, what in the world is going on? That's possible, too. That's possible, too. So basically, don't talk to your neighbors for the next couple months. I don't know. That's not scary. I don't know why I ended it with that. That'd be fun. If your neighbor went psychotic, but he just danced, danced to songs that nobody else could hear. I mean, as long as he's not trying to slow dance with you to My Heart Will Go On, you just be like, dance, 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 buddy, dance. You start charging people to come in his apartment. He's like crying. His feet are bloody. He's like, I can't stop dancing. And you're like, 25 cents to see the crazy man's bloody feet. So anyway, there, now that's scary. Now you're the bad guy in that one. Hey, Creamy Squid, let's go ahead and call in that carpenter copter where Leave Behind this dancing man and his bloody feet. Fly us all the way out to a police station. We're walking into the police station, and I'm like, okay, we need to get into the police station. They're not just going to let us into where we want to go, right? So I grab you and I put your arms behind your back and I put handcuffs on you. And I'm like, I got him. I got him. I got that big old pervert. I got that pervert. He's been he's been attacking people. He's been playing the accordion, all sorts of crazy stuff. And he's super perverted. And the cops are like, take him down the hall. And I was like, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry, buddy. I'll clear your name in a second. So we're walking down the hallway and I'm like, yeah, I'm like drawing more attention to you. We stop by the jail and we're like, look at his face. This guy's a pervert, everybody. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry, these prisoners have short-term memories. We walk in, and finally we get to the office. Uh, after I took a loop, I drive to the local mall. Look at this pervert. Finally, finally, after two days of introducing him to the neighborhood, we are at the desk of a homicide investigator. He didn't give his real name online, for obvious reasons, right? You don't talk about this stuff. When you're in this profession, but we're going to go ahead and call him Steven. And Steven, at this point, he's not a homicide investigator anymore, but he goes, I used to be a homicide investigator, and part of working homicide is you're also working suicides. We do treat suicides as, because we don't know, right? We're just getting a call of a dead body. If it's like some 98-year-old lady who died in her bed, we're going to be like, yeah, case closed, like. <laughs> all of her limbs have been removed. They're like, yeah, but she was 98. It's probably natural causes. Obviously, if you find like an old person dead in bed, you're not going to be like looking for suspects. But if she had like ligature marks or all of her limbs removed, that's a case. But he goes, we do treat suicides as homicides until we know otherwise. And he goes, it's actually pretty easy to tell for the most part. There's a lot of not just forensic evidence that points to a suicide but personal evidence he goes obviously you have the traditional suicide note but he goes there's also a lot of stuff especially with social media people are posting what in hindsight seem like worrisome posts but in at the time you're just like oh that's just billy again posting just those crazy, crazy things. Like, I'm going to kill myself tonight. Oh, Billy's been doing that for years. You know, sometimes it'll be things like that. Like, uh, you know, um, canceling plans. People are going to go to the concert in the last minute. Like, I'm not going to go to the concert. And then you find that person dead. All of these things can be put together to say that this is a suicide. One of them may not 
as far as like the the other things like the social stuff a lot of times people give stuff away even minor things even like hey you want to come over and pick up those toys you've always been t- yeah, i know you love my star trek deep space nine action figures why don't you come by and pick them up you serious yeah 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 i just don't have anywhere to put them something like that coupled with your body in a chair and a bunch of pills, a bunch of empty pill bottles. They'd be like, well, forensically, it looks like a suicide. We're going to do a drug test and find out if he took these pills. Plus, added to these other things that he did, sometimes major or minor. It could straight up be a suicide note. It could just be signs that people are ready to move on. Both of those things can lead to it. Now, some cases, though, only have forensic evidence of a suicide. He goes, those are more rare. Where there is absolutely zero clue. There's no past attempts of suicide. There's no talks of suicidal ideation earlier in life. They haven't had anyone in their family ever kill themselves. No weird Facebook posts. No goodbye notes. Nothing. And they're sitting in their chair. All the pills are gone. And when they get taken to the coroner, he goes, yeah, he ingested like 300 Tylenol. That would be a forensically provable suicide. So you have this situation, this homicide investigator going about this, Stephen, and he goes, I've had 10 cases, only 10 across his entire career. I had 10 cases that were suicides without any of the social moments, without any of the suicide notes. Uh, social media postings, giving things away, worrying concerns from loved ones, past incidents, talk of suicide, suicide attempts, none of that. He goes, the only thing is that when you looked at the scene, it was forensically determined to only be a suicide. I've had 10 of those. They are very, very rare. There's usually at least one thing that even, it may not have noticed it at the time, but in hindsight, you go, oh, that's what, that's why they posted that. You know, it's not always these super dramatic things. He goes, I've had 10 cases like that. And he said, my eighth case, my eighth case of a suicide like that. I walk into the scene. This person had killed themselves. And I just looking at it, I can tell that that's probably what it is. Um, It's most likely the coroner report's going to come back that this was a self-inflicted wound. This person had killed themselves. But again, there's no other proof that this person would kill themselves other than the forensic proof. I'm I'm looking at this scene and I notice on the nightstand is a little decorative item, a little souvenir. It's a wicker lighthouse. It's a little model of a lighthouse made with wicker and it's painted white and blue. And I never would have noticed that. Out of everything, you walk into somebody's house for the very first time, and most likely last time, you're walking into someone's house, you're doing your job, you show up, you're looking at everything in the house, you're being led into the room where this person killed themselves, and I saw that wicker lighthouse, that white and blue wicker lighthouse, and the only reason I noticed it was because I had seen it before. On my seventh case of an unidentified Suicide. Suicide that has no outward motive or 
suggestion that it was going to happen. The last time that happened, the last time that I was investigating one of these suicides, out of 10, it was the seventh one. I remember I was in the room with the body and something caught my attention and I looked over and on the nightstand was a wicker lighthouse painted white and blue. And I noticed that when I was on that crime scene, but I mean, I see a bunch of stuff on the crime scenes. I didn't really think anything of it, but now, you know, this isn't the only thing I do. I also investigate homicides. I also have filing police work. I'm probably doing a lot of court cases. There have been months in between these two suicides. And I've even investigated other suicides in that meantime. But these are suicides where there is no known motive. I mean, other than to kill yourself. But you know what I mean? Like there was nothing to suggest that this person was going to kill themselves. I've now seen this at two of them. Two in a row. The seventh out of ten and now the eighth out of ten. And it was when I saw the second time when I go, what in the world? Like again, coincidence. Wait a second. Wouldn't it be on his eighth? If it's three, let me take a look at this here. And then he goes, wait, then, then as he's sitting, he's sitting next to this dead body. He goes, wait a second. Let me clarify something. I said, I've only seen it on three cases. So I saw it in the eighth case that I worked. And now I've seen it on the ninth case I've worked. The one that I'm at right now and the other cops are like, are you doing math right now, sir? And he's like, hold on. So what he didn't see it on the seventh and the eighth case. He saw it on the eighth case that he had done and the ninth case he had done. And he goes, okay, hopefully that clarifies it. So so some future podcaster doesn't have to edit that, edit all that out. But anyways, so the first time he saw this was on the eighth case out of ten. Out of ten unexplained suicides. Now, these are all forensically proven to have been suicides. They know these people did kill themselves, but they couldn't explain really why. The The first time he saw it was on the eighth case, but he didn't really pay much attention to it. When he recognized it during his ninth case, that's when he made the connection. He goes, now I've had two suicides back to back, but spread out over a couple months. And I've had other suicides and other homicides and a lot of work in between. But now I have two unexplained suicides. Both of them have had the same wicker lighthouse but it's much must just be a coincidence and that's what he believed until the very next unexplained suicide case he worked in the house was a little decorative wicker white and blue lighthouse so out of 10 unexplained suicides, he's seen it in the past three. They've all been separated by just a matter of months. So what he did was he began to go through, because now he's super, the first time you wouldn't even acknowledge it because there's all this stuff in the house. The second time you saw it at a totally different location, same type of unexplained suicide, you're going to go, just coincidence, right? We live in a town. Everyone bought these tchotchkes. Not everyone bought these tchotchkes, but, you know, people bought these tchotchkes and just a coincidence that you have two of these. But on the third one, now you have a phenomenon. So he began looking through crime scene photos of past suicides. Suicides that he was not able to explain and out of the 10 cases he's worked, he saw the lighthouse in three of them. 
there are two other photos of past suicides that the lighthouse may have been in. He goes, I'll be honest, I can't say for sure. I'm looking at these crime scene photos and it looks like that lighthouse was in the photo, but he goes, the angle wasn't perfect and, you know, there was stuff in the way so you couldn't really see it, but three confirmed sightings of this Wicker Lighthouse at three unexplained suicides and now possibly two more sightings in old photographs of two previous unexplained suicides. And it's possible that this lighthouse was in the other five unsolved, unexplained suicides, but it was in another room. It wasn't in the place where that person killed themselves. And he goes, he goes, listen, I... I think it's creepy, but I don't know what it means. And I was looking into it and trying to figure it out. And then a couple months after I kind of realized this whole thing was going on with these wicker lighthouses, I got transferred to another division. So I just dropped it. I just, you know, I, I, now I had real work to do. Like I'm investigating this weird conspiracy that may not be a conspiracy. And what could the answer possibly be? People responded to this and they said, is it possible that this was like a serial killer killing people and making it look like a suicide and this was his calling card? And Stephen goes, you know, you know, a lot of that's Hollywood magic. He goes, kind of break it apart a little bit. He goes, one, serial killers very, very rarely leave a calling card. Like, intentionally go, like, I will leave the jack of hearts on this woman's lips. Mwah! Like, people do do that, but the amount of serial killers versus the amount that actually do that is super rare. It's rare. Usually the stuff they're leaving at the scene is stuff they don't mean to. We call it evidence. Uh, he goes, also the ability to continuously stage suicides and make it look like a suicide that's not super easy either he didn't go into detail and again it's none of our business like he didn't go into detail of how these people killed themselves or anything like that i mean you know it it would be easier i think to hang somebody and make it look like a suicide but again like at a certain point there's so much chaos going on you'd have to control the scene you'd probably need more than one or two people to control the scene so the dude's not kicking stuff over and being like, I'd just be like, no, I'm not. Because they'll be like, hang yourself or I'll shoot you. Uh, no, I'm not doing either. And they're like, okay, no one ever told us no before. We don't know what to do. We leave. I know it's not that easy, but, you know, there would be like, everything would be in disarray. You could obviously tell that a struggle happened between three adult men in the middle of this room. And then I'm just hanging, like all the posters are torn off the wall. There's punches threw it in kicks and they can tell like I took a guy and threw him through the window and then went see you later as the other guy's putting the noose around my neck I was like oh I probably shouldn't have had that witty one-liner um obviously it'd be like dude it's totally obvious there was a huge fight here the guy's covered in bruises and he's hanging his bloody knuckles like he was fighting somebody like it would be that it would be that specifically I'm warning the CIA don't try to fake my hanging I'll beat you guys up um, but yeah, so it's just such a, he goes, I don't think it's a serial killer. He goes that, and like, he's leaving the wicker 
Lighthouse is a calling card. He goes, I don't think it's anything like that. I don't know what it is, which in a lot of ways is the most honest answer for paranormal stories. I don't know what it is. Sometimes in the quest for truth, in the quest for disclosure, we start to put on our conspiracy caps and start to really go like, what if it's this? And then we end up like leaving out a bunch of possibilities. And it turns out not being what we think it is. It's Sometimes it's more honest to go, I don't know. Other people were saying, you know, again, but, but it's fun to have theories, right? Other people were saying, what if these wicker... I tried Googling wicker lighthouses. It's funny because that term, it, it's so weird. It's so weird. I was like, is it, what is it? I know what wicker is and I know what a lighthouse is. I was able to find one on the internet. They sell them on eBay, but it wasn't white and blue. Plus, I probably don't recommend buying it. I should leave a one-star review. I don't know. I bought this and currently I'm about to kill myself. I, it wasn't painted white and blue. There's a lot of, there are a lot of white and blue lighthouses though that you can buy and set up on your mantle or your nightstand, your kitchen table, whatever. But people have said maybe the wicker got moldy and the people were breathing in the mold spores. They're like, oh, this is just like that show, The Last of Us. And they're like, I don't want to watch that show anymore. And they kill themselves. People were saying maybe they were being driven mad by the mold and the wicker. I mean, again, probably not. It's probably just better to. I mean, it's fun to have a theory, but that's I wouldn't call a mycologist tonight and go, is it possible that if. If Wicker got mold, that I may kill myself. And they'll be like, what? It's a theory, right? It's definitely possible. But, you know, Stephen, he posts online. He goes by the name Naren C. Naren C. He just goes, I don't know what it was. It was something that I observed. And was, I observed personally the last three unsolved suicides, unexplained suicides. He goes, forensically, all evidence pointed to it being a suicide. These were suicides. But they left none of the markers that most suicides leave. There was no indication of anything. And yet here they are dead. And in 10 of those cases that I had, three, I personally saw the Wicker Lighthouse. Two other ones may have been caught in crime scene photographs. And the other five, I was never able to find any connection to the wicker lighthouse it's a really fascinating story because it's one of those one it's one of those mysteries that will never be solved this was an on-the-clock homicide investigator just posting something online we have no city we have no time when this all took place we'll never get any answers from it it does sound very creepy pasta ish or very scp ish but again, in the end, it wasn't like, and then one night I woke up and there was a giant wicker lighthouse at the edge of my bed trying to get me to kill myself. No, it's just something that a homicide detective noticed. And it may have been something, it may not have been something, but we'll never know for sure. It's an interesting story and it's a mystery with no answer. And we can wonder if they're a calling card of a serial killer, which, I, again, probably not. It's possible that would be a pretty good way to get around serial killing people. It could be. It could be mold. It could be mold, right? People have gone crazy. could have a little black mold in it, and it's driving people insane. could be cursed. They could be cursed objects. That's kind of what I was thinking of. 
that someone was mass producing black magic items and people were buying them and this is what's happening. It would be, see, the, some of the questions that I would love to know is, and this is, again, it's unknowable. We don't know, but what is the, what's the lead time between buying the lighthouse and taking your own life? Like, is it months, weeks, days, hours, or all of these brand new wicker lighthouses? We don't know. We don't have so many details to the story. And those are questions that the homicide detective wouldn't know. To be fair, Stephen wouldn't be like... And then I then I dug through their credit card purchase history and found out that they were at the wicker store. On the, You know, we don't know any of that. And that's actually what kind of makes the story... A little, I like stories like this. I like these open-ended stories. Sure, I love stories that have a beginning, a middle, and an end. But this story really just has a middle. We don't know how these events started. And he ended up changing his job. So he's like, whatever. I don't care. I did my job. And I'm not, this is the thing I said at the beginning, you're not going to walk around station and be like, hey guys, the Wicker Lighthouse investigation is heating up. Anyone else want to help me? They'd be like, dude, quit being a weirdo, quit being a weirdo, quit wasting time and just focus on all the, look at all those unsolved homicides you have, Stephen. He's like, oh, I'm getting to that. But first I got to find the outlet, Wicker outlet store. And they're like, dude, he probably shared this with a couple of his investigators just because cops love to trade weird stories. But not weird, a.k.a. Fox Mulder, I'm going to obsess about type of stuff, weird stories. Because we talked about this before. You want that person sitting in the car with you when you're driving around town to have your back and not be a big old weirdo worrying about shadow people or aliens abducting him. Because at the end of the day, someone might open fire and you've got ri- you to hope your partner isn't looking up at the sky looking for ufos <laughs> i mean bullets are riddling his body he's like i see him i see all the ufos now um they don't do that but obviously like you don't want a crazy person in a life and death job that totally makes sense you don't want to work at an industrial factory and the guy next to you is talking about hollow earth you know focus focus on where this molten lead is going gary you can talk to we can talk about that stuff off the clock that's all you ever talk about is hollow earth um he probably talked to a couple people about it, just thought it was a weird thing because cops do share weird stories. But I doubt the next investigator who came in, he's like, hey, listen, could you do me a solid? The next time you come across a suicide and you aren't for sure, look for a lighthouse and uh, send me a ring. Yeah, I doubt. I doubt he did that. So it doesn't have a beginning. It doesn't have an end. It's just a story of probably a coincidence, but it could have been more than that. And it's crazy to think that it could have been a coincidence and Stephen would have kind of been laughed at had he said, let's continue this investigation of these wicker lighthouses because it sounds stupid. But you have to wonder how many lives out there would have been saved had they looked into it. Like, had the police been able to draw a connection between the Wicker Lighthouses and three, four, five more of these unexplained suicides, and then at that point they're like, "We need to find out who's we need to find out who's making these Wicker Lighthouses." At the very least, it's a public health thing. Maybe we'll just we can't go out and arrest someone for making supposedly cursed objects, 
But let's find out where these are coming from, because now we're having a serious pattern. And you wonder if lives could have been saved if they investigated this a little more seriously after Stephen left. But they didn't. As far as we know, they didn't. Stephen transferred to another job and another homicide detective took over. And in that city, there still could be unexplained suicides. They're not common, but they do happen. And this new homicide detective, he's been working. He's new, but he's been there for years working this. Stephen left long ago. And he... This new detective comes across another one of these unexplained suicides. It's only the sixth one he's come across, but it's weird each time. And as he's looking at all the evidence and having photographs taken and knowing this body's going to be shipped off to the coroner, he doesn't notice the wicker lighthouse on the fireplace in the living room. It doesn't even catch his eye. It's just another little piece of decoration and other mementos strewn about this home that this investigator will never visit again. How many more of these wicker lighthouses are out there? And is it possible by simply having one in your home can drive you to take your own life? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.